Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you, as always, for stopping by and listening to my show, which I sponsor. So I'm Sarah J. Naylor, as you just know. I'm the midlife coach and I help. I love helping people. Midlife business women and men, refine themselves, get that fire back in their belly and get clarity, direction and live their life on purpose and do what they want to do to make the world a better place, ideally. And with that in mind, actually, I'm going to hand over <laughs> to my uh, fabulous guest in two ticks, um, who is doing just that, which is absolutely amazing. So I'm over at sarahjnaylor.com and I'm on all over social media. And I'm now going to hand over to Nikki to introduce herself because she does rather amazing stuff. Over to you, Nikki. Please do introduce yourself to my awesome audience. Thank you, Sarah. My name is Nikki Love. I am an adventure runner and I take on big, extreme endurance running challenges, hopefully with a lot of fun <laughs> along the way. But yeah, there's a lot of extremity in there as well. Do enlighten me. I mean, yes. I mean, what when you say extreme, what can you explain to the listener what that um, extreme running challenge actually is and what it looks like, feels like? And, and actually, what prompted you to want to do stuff in extreme in the first instance? So extreme. I like to run long distances and I discovered that I wasn't particularly fast, but I had an ability to um, go on and on and on day in, day out, day after day. <laughs> You're making me tired. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a little bit of adventures of my endurance adventures, adventures that I've done previously is that I ran around Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. So that was 750 miles in 32 days. Good grief. 32 days. How many miles or kilometres for those that aren't in the UK were you running, running a day? One varied, Sarah. Um, that was just that was just a, um, a fun training run. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm twitching. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on then because it gets a little bit more... <laughs> It was a fun training run for this next challenge that I've got. But prior to that, I also ran, and I can tell you the distance that I ran on this one because it was very consistent, is that I I ran 63 marathons in 63 days. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. That is absolutely awesome. That must have absolutely knackered you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was a tough challenge, but it was, as I said about the Ireland one, it was also a training run. Training? <laughs> 60, 63 marathons in 63 days, a training run. <laughs> My training run consists of like, you know, running, around the, running, running around the front garden. <laughs> there is a reason why I keep saying a training run, and that is a part of getting the right mindset to be able to do these things. So they are big and they are challenging. And if I put them in the context that actually, you know what, this is part of my training for the next thing and the next thing, then there's a little less, it's an all or nothing event. And if uh, things go wrong, in those two ones, they, they didn't go wrong. But I, I've done some other adventures as well where it has gone wrong. You know, my world is imploded if it doesn't actually occur. So both of those have been training runs for this next adventure, which is that I'm going to run across Australia. Wow, wow, wow. So where do you, I mean, how many miles, kilometres, how long, I mean, crikey, and when? 
Okay. All right. So in figures, I'm going to be running from Perth, uh, a place called Cottesloe Beach. To I've been on- to Cottesloe Beach. I have been there. There are photographs of me. on the- And it is the most gorgeous beach. In It's just stunning. I love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> and I'm going to that other iconic beach, um, Bondi Beach in Sydney. Oh, my gosh. So does that take you through... Also, the desert area of Australia as well. Yeah, it takes it across the Nullarbor, which is not, ex- I mean, it is extreme desert because there is not much along there. But in comparison to through the, the centre, the red centre, it's not as bad as that, but it is still desert. So, yes, it is 2,450 miles, give or take, you know, a couple of miles here or there. A few coffee, <laughs> coffee breaks. <laughs> uh, which equates to 3,950 kilometres. If we are talking in possibly figures that um, people might understand, it's 93 marathons and my goal to run it in 63 days. So that's 1.5 marathons, 63 kilometres or uh, in in miles, what's that, in miles 13, 40, 40 miles a day. Grief. Well, I mean, obviously I have now got a whole host of questions I want to ask you about that. So in terms of the distance and where, and where you're going, are you going for, is it a world record you're going for? Has it been done? So it is a, a world record. The records that I'm going to go for, there's two of them, is the fastest woman to run across it, completing the most amount of ultra marathons as well. So those two records are up for grabs. It turns out that I possibly might also be the oldest person to do it, but you know, oh wow that's an extra one then what made you want to do all of this yes you said that you discovered that you're not the you know in terms of it's not so much of a speed obviously I know you just mentioned sort of speed sort of time and things like that but you're more of an endurance runner but what made you sort of want to take on such big challenges what sort of really motivated you inspired you to want to do these things these crazy mad things (laughs) I wouldn't say it's a midlife crisis Some other people might. (laughs) I'm not. But it was this whole thing of um, I was turning 50 and my background was coaching people and sports massage therapy. So encouraging to do these, these crazy, their own crazy things. Fixing them when they go. <laughs> yes. you, you can do it, but come back to me when you're poorly. Yes, I'll sort you out. <laughs> break them and fix them was my motto. <laughs> yeah, great hashtag. Yeah, hashtag break and fix. And whilst I was doing my own thing, I realised that you know I was encouraging people to think about what it was that they wanted to do. What was their, their what was their challenges? What would they want to really do? So I know that um, people doing a couch to five k might want to think only of five k, but I promise them that when they get to 5K, they will probably want to go on beyond that. So anybody that I worked with, I would sort of start talking to them, asking them, what is it that you'd really want to do? Can we sort of set that bar a little bit higher? Let's think big and then we'll actually start working towards doing it. And I realized that I actually wasn't, I was playing small in my own life. I'd had these great big goals, dreams, ideas, and I had kind of put them aside. Turning 50 was the catalyst of like, well, come on. If you haven't done it now, when are you planning if on not, doing it? If not now, when? <laughs> Absolutely, it was that if not now, when. And that was sort of the, the catalyst of, like, okay, well, let's give this a go. 
that 50th year, my 50th birthday, I ran the 63 marathons in 63 days. So how long ago is that then now, Nikki? So that was in 2017. So I'm now 55. And next year when I take on the Australia, so um, I start on the 1st of May, I will be 56. That's amazing. So hence putting you into that category probably of the, the oldest person as well. I mean, you know, when you start to do these things, I mean, I know I've got a friend done some crazy mad things um, in terms of She's walked to the North Pole, South Pole, climbed El Capitan and done things like that and got into record books and one, one thing and another. And, uh, you know, you, you do these records and you take the record. And I remember when she was doing, for instance, the South Pole, there were other people out there wanting to do or doing the same thing. But, you know, she, she did break the record. She was in the Guinness Book of Records for the first fastest person ever to get to the South Pole. But it, does that, is that what happens with you, with you putting this in? But do, does that word get out? And then do you have other people kind of on your tail going, oh, Nikki's doing it, I'm going to do it. I, it does, is that something that happens as well? Or I definitely think so, but um, there are... There is that, um, it's not the absolute driving force. So, uh, whether I do get the record or don't get the record, it, it, it is part of it. And I, you know, I'm setting my goals, but very high. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, I am. They're setting them quite high, but it's not the, uh, the, the pinnacle. The pinnacle is giving it a go and doing my best. My doing my best achieves the, the record, then that's fantastic. But those records are there to be beaten. So anybody who's coming along who wants to give it a go, then yeah, I, I I want to be part of their team, sort of like to push them. Hear oh, them. that's great! Oh, that's fab! Yeah, but you, you, what you're saying then, it's a personal goal rather than more than anything else. That's that's the achievement. That's what you're setting out, and whatever you achieve through doing that, you will take that as your achievement. You know, because obviously you've already referenced those things that you've done that haven't worked out, but that's why you do what you do because you've always got something to fall back. Because it is all about recognizing what we've achieved, isn't it? As opposed to rec- looking, just looking at the positives rather than the negatives, because it's all too easy. I think the world. It's full of people looking at a half empty glass or things that they're not doing or lack or what have you, rather than being grateful, appreciative of what you have got and what you have achieved. And, you know, and it, it's, you know, personal milestones to actually even be having that in your mindset to actually go and do it is just awesome in itself. <laughs> there I was thinking I'd done a good job doing just short of six miles in the mud on Monday night. <laughs> I am very lucky, Sarah. I get to um, go to primary schools uh, all around the country and I get to talk to children and I get to talk to children about uh, what I do, but also then get to hear them about what they're doing. And every school I go into, I ask the whole school, but the girls in particular, anybody want to try and beat my stuff? Um, do you want to do you want to try try and achieve my records? Uh, beat them, and of course, you know they they put their hands up. So we have to bring the next generation through with shining a light. But they're going to hand the torch over, and they're going to continue on. So I'm, I'm always about that. Absolutely, and as you probably know, that's what I'm about too. It's always about empowering other people, tooling them up. Because actually, it's when you're coaching, as you you will know. I mean, when you're working with somebody, it's for them to know that they've been heard, that they're supported, that somebody believes in them and that's so important then in your life that you are surrounded by people that are like that because it's all too easy for people to pull you down and and ridicule you for trying to do things that sound crazy but actually it's not if that's your driving passion if that's something you want to do go for it whatever it is you know it's 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 just empowering and just it gives you a focus it it lights the fire in your belly you know it gets you makes you want to get out of bed in the morning and probably go and do those runs at five o'clock in the morning when the streets are quiet and and watch daybreak come through which is absolutely wonderful (laughs) 
asked him, he said, not that I've ever got out of bed at five o'clock in the morning to do it, but... <laughs> I did get out of bed at five o'clock yesterday to get to the primary school that um, I went to. Uh, so it was 400 children. We were running around the schoolyard. That's the second time that I'd been there. And one of the, the children came up to me and she, she said, I remember you. You're the lady who broke her butt. So I'd, I'd been at this school and I'd mentioned um, that they hadn't always worked. And yeah, the last time I'd de- I was there, I was on crutches because I'd, I'd actually suffered an injury um, attempting to do what I do. So, you know, sometimes I have these um, great stories and sometimes they're not also so great, but you keep going. But also it makes it real, Nikki, because I mean, the thing is, it's all very well sort of shining it all up, which is great. But there's also an element of reality because then also that helps people on that journey who are doing that to know you learn more about things that don't work than you do when they do work because actually that's where the that's actually where the learning is i mean it's great when stuff is runs smoothly don't get me wrong it's <laughs> it's it's wonderful but you know that level of resilience and that when you sort of dig into your inner grit when things aren't working that's what really builds up your strength isn't it and you you, you keep on going as you said you know yes you, you've got broken you could give up and go oh, i'm not going to do this again because it keep on getting hurt but actually you're still fired up you still want to do it you've got that focus you want to inspire the next generation which is what we need to do we need to get them out of the chairs get them outdoors and, and get the schools putting more pe lessons back in because they cut that didn't they a few years ago and i think you know it's so important exercise movement generally i mean i've always personally been a sport i say sport not to your not to your levels but right from an early age my you know my mum my had me sort of swimming we were going playing badminton and tennis she had me playing squash by the time I was nine you know and I used to run and I used to oh I don't know everything for the school hockey netball athletics then of course we had the Jane Fonda aerobics I used to do the aerobics as well. you're looking good you're feeling fine <laughs> Well, that, that's kind of where I started. So. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. I started as an aerobics instructor. <laughs> did you? Oh, my God. Did, did Were you in the day with the thong leotards? Absolutely. I, I have I very proudly uh, got lots of photos with me um, because I, I was the poster girl, I guess, for the gym that I worked at. And, and yes, I was on that poster with my, my thong leotard. <laughs> <laughs> So that was when I was a a very um, perky (laughs) (laughs) 21-year-old. Oh, for everybody listening, when I I am referring to thong leotards, we did wear tights, leggings underneath the thong leotard. (laughs) Please let me reassure you of that. I remember having some turquoise ribbed knee-length leggings and a purple thong leotard. And I thought I was the bee's knees (laughs) with my ankle warmer, leg warmers and ankle warmers, of course. Yeah, it was definitely a look. (laughs) It was. Whilst you're doing that grapevine. (laughs) Do you know what? I think, in fact, I saw something just recently. Oh, gosh, yes, bring that back. 80s vibe aerobics classes, because they were just the best. Forget the steps. I mean, I can't work my way over a step block thing. I've seen women doing it, going all this with her. My coordination's no good for that. But just an aerobics class with some 80s music and all, and the, sort of the whole 80s vibe. Maybe I should just grapevine my way across Australia rather than <laughs> <laughs> Just do one great big aerobics class from one side to the other. <laughs> now that you would get in the records, you'd set the record for grapevining across Australia. <laughs> oh no, you've, you've, you've put something in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> I've seeded something now. 
<laughs> Actually, it's quite funny that I sh- you say that because the, the friend I've just referred to, she used to run her own gym. And she used to, one of her phrases was, you're looking good, looking fine. <laughs> and she's a similar sort of age to us. So, uh, yeah, so we were all there in those... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So you've always obviously been active. You've always been fit and you're a physio, but you're an author as well, aren't you? Yes. Yes. That was um, another thing that if I wanted to do this, then what was I waiting around for? So it was a bit of a challenge. It was actually, the first book was actually a bet. Somebody uh, said to me, I bet you can't do it. And I said, you I can. <laughs> and that's how the first book was written. <laughs> and what was the first book? It was a how-to, using all my coaching skills and the, the, the clients that I had. I, so I had stories to back up the, 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 um, the methods that I use. So it's how to run a, a marathon as a beginner. It's how to, oh, you know, I don't even know the name. Of the <laughs> I know. Do you know what? It's funny when you put on, when you put on the spot. And it's funny that your first book's a how-to because my first book's um, a how-to and I, pro- I published mine in 2017, but mine's shining a light on you. So it made me chuckle when you said shining a light on. Um, but mine's how to manifest your dream job. <laughs> So it's still a how-to. Mine's such a such a great title that I can't even remember the title of my own book. It's available on Amazon. <laughs> it's available on Amazon. It is. <laughs> Look up Nikki Love because you, that's a better um, sort of driver to find it. Um, but my second book, I do remember that it, it was called. Um, that was about my sixty-three marathons and sixty-three days, and that was called with a little dash of crazy because yeah, that's what I needed. <laughs> and everybody told me that I had it. So um, yeah, that's amazing that you, you did that. So my gosh, sixty-three marathons. So did that put you in the record books at all at that stage? Because I know obviously ideas are had done um, so many marathons. He did about 50 in 50 days, didn't he, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, he did 43. Um, I, I actually got to speak to Eddie about uh, running. Uh, oh, did you? Oh, yeah, wow. While he was on the treadmill, so we did a little um, a Zoom call. He's great. I think he's an amazing, amazing person. Yeah, I love him. The 63 marathons in 63 days, it um, it surpassed the Guinness World Record at the time, which was um, 60 consecutive marathon distances by a woman. I didn't get it into the record books. Um, I don't know why. I, I went back and forwards with uh, Guinness and, yeah, never got officially recognised. But, hey, that doesn't matter. Um, you know you did it. <laughs> I know I did it. Everybody else knew. I did it. Um, everybody who came along and ran with me knew that I did it. It now stands, um, that record now stands at 106. And I am currently watching a young woman in Australia going for 150. So that's why, I, I mean, these these records are always there to be broken. And I also very much cheer on the next generation who are coming through and doing it. That's amazing. So have you have you booked in to be her um, her coach and her fixer when, she's, <laughs> when she needs somebody on that one? Because <laughs> you'd be perfect. You understand marathons and you understand physio. <laughs> These uh, magic fingers have retired from from the, the physio game. I am concentrating purely on training and, and you know working with the charities and talking to people about um, thinking big and then doing. <laughs> exactly. And it is, isn't it? I mean, obviously, as a coach myself, it's about encouraging that bigger picture because when you've got that bigger picture in mind and you've got that direction in which you know you're going and you've tuned in and you've set that intention you are then aware of the opportunities that present themselves in order for you to actually fulfill or, 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 you know, achieve what it is that you want to achieve. But actually, a lot of it's about the journey along the way. It's, you know, when you, it's not always about the destination. Yeah, it's great to get there. But once you get there, you, you kind of, you're ready for something else then, aren't you? 
I um I bought a van for the 63 marathons in 63 days and in this van there was a placard on you know a poster thing on the wall and it was uh said happiness is in the journey not the destination. The van died but I kept the um the the, <laughs> the wall poster. So. <laughs> But it is, it's so true. It's what you learn along the way. It's what you learn about yourself. I mean, yes, I mean, there's that, the exhilaration of actually getting there and doing it and achieving it. But, uh, oh my gosh, so exciting. So when, so you say, when are you going next year then? It's, um, uh, so I start on the 1st of May, but I'll head to Australia at either the end of February or start of March to get acclimatised, go and see lots of primary schools, going back to my old high school, which... Yeah, I was going to say for the, everybody who's listening, I'm sure they've detected the accent. <laughs> I grew up in Australia, so I'm going home, doing the last bit of training, going to all the primary schools around my area and then heading to Perth. Hopefully we'll, we'll have a few schools there that we can visit and, yeah, just sort of prepping to take on this challenge. Uh, it's it's massive. It's it's bigger than I've ever done before. So, yeah, it's keeping me entertained. <laughs> I would say so. I was going to say in terms of when you said about acclimatising, I mean, the temperature from Blighty to Australia is somewhat different. So it is. It's. I mean, judge. I mean, I, I think it says on the computer here. It's. Oh, where's my temperatures? You, oh, nine percent and cloudy at the moment. <laughs> nine degrees and cloudy, not percent. So, I mean, what, what temperature will you be running in? Uh, so I was there in June. So I'm going to be running through May and June, and uh, it's cooler. So the temperature will be oh, probably an English summer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that that could be anything from ten degrees upwards. <laughs> yeah, it, it it'll be twenty and under, so between fifteen and twenty degrees. That's quite a nice temperature, then, isn't it? it, it, it to is run in. Might sort of get a few hotter days, but um, they won't be the the actual norm, the average. So yeah, it, it was always choosing to do it at the right time of year. So an Australian winter going into an Australian winter. So what happens? I mean, I, I, I'm just, I mean, do you just go and do it on your own or do you have a team around you? Do you have people on standby? Do you have people sort of driving along, you know, like you see on all the charity things in the UK or the, did somebody else, or do you, are you just literally backpack on, I'm going in that, that and I need to get to that destination. I mean, you know that I've read um, Elise Downing's book and that, that was a very... <laughs> Very entertaining. <laughs> I have done it like Elise, <laughs> which I yeah, put a backpack on and, and off I go. So I have done that. Uh, this version, I'm hoping, is not that version. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you will know which direction you're going and you won't be using Google Maps. <laughs> <laughs> Getting out of Perth and into Sydney, yes, I do have to use Google Maps, but for the predominant part, crossing the Nullarbor, there is only one road. I really can't go wrong unless I'm oh, right. <laughs> delirious that I've actually turned around and gone back the wrong way. But there is only one road, so, you know, it's it's a, a thousand mile of one road. That sounds a whole lot worse than running around Home Pierpont Lake. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know it, um, Home Pierpont, they have races on, and it's a great big rectangular lake for the water sports that I remember. I remember running around three times when I was training for a half marathon a few years ago. And it's like, it's never ending. And when you just said one long road, I'm going, Whoa. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was there this morning. I've run around Home Pierpont. Part of my training is monotony, which, you know, it, it really is. It, it is a part of the training. So one of my training runs, another training run that I did was um, a thousand miles on a treadmill in 40 days, running a thousand miles just to replicate that um, uh, Australia part. Oh my gosh. So what do you do when you're doing those? Do you have earphones on? Do you have motivational music? 
music? Do you do it without? What, what, what's your format for all this, for the training that you do and all the marathon? In fact, even when you're actually doing it, do you work with if, or do you just literally work with your own thoughts and your own mindset? I've learnt how to run very long time without anything, but occasionally I will put music on, but I'll have it in my pocket, so not in my ears. I run so that I can hear everything uh, because very aware of where I am. The treadmill challenge, we did eventually put a TV up. Um, <laughs> please, please can I have something to watch? <laughs> well, actually, we had a, a laptop, so we filmed it all. People came and talked to me on Zoom, given that it was on a treadmill. Yes. <laughs> Anything to break up the monotony, please. Mostly it, it is just uh, running and, you know, being comfortable in your own head. That takes a lot of work. <laughs> Well, it's interesting you should say that because there's a couple of things I wanted to talk to you off the back of that because for me, I don't like running with music or anything in my ears anyway. I can't, I just, I like, when I go out, I like to be at one with my own thoughts. And for years, I just used to run on my own and it wasn't until about three, four years ago that I actually joined a running club short term and that's when I joined, started doing part run and things like that. But predominantly, I'd always run on my own and I, I run now with Gareth, so we will talk when we're running and things like that. But I like to be with my own thoughts. But on the flip side of, not the flip side, but aside with that as well as the safety, like you were just saying, you like to have that full sensory awareness because it's, it's astounding how many people you will see out running and they'll run in the road, they won't have any, they'll have earphones on, they'll be running with the traffic rather than against the traffic. They'll be actually in the road and you go, are you crazy? <laughs> You're absolutely crazy. It's got to, you've got to think of your own safety. That was something that I've been practising for years and years and years and something that is, is really important. Um, if I'm going to show something, I'm going to show a good way. But coming back to the Australia thing, um, this one is bigger with a bigger purpose as well. Um, got a lot of big targets to achieve. And I'm in the process of trying to put a team together. So at the moment, my team consists of me and my partner, who's, a co- who's known as the Coffee Fairy, uh, Sheree. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, from there, we're kind of building from there. So um, I am on the prowl for backers, sponsors, uh, companies getting involved um, to be able to get a van. So we want a, a van that won't break down. <laughs> because yes, so it's always, always, always a good plan. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, you want to hire a mechanic as well. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, film crew uh, want this one filmed. And yeah, so there, there is a lot of logistics going on in the back. So yes, it, it's... So it's, as you shout out for people out in Australia then, is that what you... Are you wanting people in Australia? to do all of that because they'll be already there because obviously if you're going to get people there's a bigger cost to get them shipped out from here to there are you yeah no people people joining me um is is definitely in an australia and i'm lucky i've got an extended family in australia and and i've had a lot of, uh, of my my family sort of hands up and say yes we'll we'll help out and very talented uh, family as well so well why am i not surprised <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've got we've got sort of people lined up but then there's the the cost of it as well so you know it, it what, these things i've financed all of my adventures up till now the challenge is beyond what i've done before so i'm i'm extending myself there but the challenge of trying to put this program together and and talk to companies and pitch myself is also hard so i'm extending myself there as well and um talking to companies here and australia about the purpose and the passion uh, of of this entire 
project because it is a project. So what kind of organisations, I mean, a lot of the downloads go are in Australia anyway. So what what kind of organisations are your ideal organisations that you would want to work with as sponsors? We've talked about this. uh, I'm I'm happy to talk, work with anybody because... (laughs) (laughs) And that doesn't. I'm not trying to make myself sound desperate. It, no, I, no. I'm just. I'm just curious because I, I wondered whether you would prefer a bit, you know, an organisation that was really aligned with you. I mean, obviously, as you say, you know, the age you are, you know, it's really about, you know, there's, there's a massive thing there about empowering women and knowing. So, I mean, we're both on the same wavelength as that as letting people in the 50s. You know, it's just like, it's almost like the start of your life again. You know, there's so much you can do with life. You know, it's just like, yeah, let's get out there. You know, <laughs> we've got, I think I've got another 50 in me and I'm 57. I reckon I'll be rocking past the 100 mark. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, it's exactly right. So what I am talking to companies is that um, you hear me, you hear my purpose and my passion. If you believe in that and you believe that I've got a platform that I'm going to be out there talking about women who are in their 50s and beyond. I am perimenopausal and I am out there showing what can be done and that we should be visible and we're rocking it and I'm bringing the next generation through as well because I'm going to show them strong, independent purposeful, passionate, driven women that are capable of doing these things. So companies that want to get behind that message, then come and talk to me because I am the epitome of it. Well, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely the epitome of it. Oh, it's so exciting. I'm really, really excited for you. I mean, I'm not, as I say, I'm not quite sure that I'm up for that, but I do need to get myself focused into um, something else. I mean, yeah, I've just had so much on myself, but, you know, I like to swim, I like to cycle. I like I do like the running you know it's and it's so good for you so good for your mindset as well and your whole health and your well-being isn't it exercise just full stop I mean just being fit and getting I mean the thing the beauty about running and being outdoors is that you get that fresh air into your lungs as well don't you so you sort of and you're with nature that's what does it for me I like the whole combination and stopping takes a few pictures I'm <laughs> Oh, absolutely. The, the picture t- taking is definitely for me. <laughs> yeah, well, it just, it's, it's lovely, isn't it? It's just, yeah, it's just brilliant. I just think it's absolutely amazing. Well, hopefully people that are listening will get in touch. And if I hear of anybody, I mean, I've, I've got relatives out in Australia myself as well. <laughs> so to tag them into any, any posts also. But uh, yeah, so I mean, you, so you're from Australia, you said to start with originally, whereabouts, you're not from Perth then or? No, uh, a place called Geelong, uh, which is on the surf coast in Victoria, the south of, um, of, of of Australia. So right down the bottom, just before you sort of head towards Tasmania. Unfortunately, I won't be running past my house. <laughs> can't nip in for a cuppa. Can't you do a detour? No. However, it, it may be that, yeah, I, I will sort of I'll be going home, basing myself there at my mum and dad's. And um, yeah, I will be doing a lot of running around the area, a lot of training around the area. So you're obviously heading out there next year, but obviously plenty of running running in the meantime here. And what sort of mileage will be will you be clocking up before you go just to practice? I'm leaving that up to my my coach. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, I get my program probably every two weeks in advance uh, so that I'm not too scared by it. But yeah, at the moment, I'm about 100 kilometres a week and that's going to double and then it'll probably triple. So we're talking uh, an incremental increase over the next 
couple of months. I mentioned that um, I went to this school. I was on crutches last year in May. I suffered a stress fracture in my pelvis. Yeah, that, that was a big thing. It's perimenopausal issues. I've had to learn all about that, um, implement changes, and then sort of restart again. And uh, yeah, so it, it has been a long, slow process of building and building. Um, and we are now in the sort of like the final few months of building, then it'll be straight into the 40 miles a day. Oh my gosh. And do, will you do those 40 miles all in one block? Or like, obviously before we started recording, you just come in from a run and you said you're going to go for a run afterwards. Do you break, you know, those 40 miles, for instance, will you go out and just go, right, I'm doing 40 miles? Or will you go out and do 10, perhaps five, and then a bit later on in the day, do 15 or something like that? It will be uh, broken up. So it'll start in the morning, a <laughs> about seven o'clock in the morning. I, I said that I'm not a fast runner. <laughs> I'm not a fast runner. Um, uh, so yeah, it'll, it'll be in blocks. So a, a block in the morning, then some food, another block through the afternoon, more food. And it's not that I'm sort of, it'll, they're, they're the big sort of eating sessions. Uh, but I'll eat constantly while I'm running and then a third session. So it'll probably be broken into three sessions throughout the day, time-wise, um, sort of 7 o'clock in the morning till um, I'm hoping between 5 and 6 o'clock in the evening every day. Very good luck with that. That sounds uh, – yeah, I mean, I know I need to go out and do a bit more exercise. I think I've been very, very much shamed now. <laughs> No, no, let me scratch that. Motivated. I've been remotivated. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. It's just amazing. I could carry on talking for absolutely ages because there's so much more I want to ask you. But obviously, we're, uh, we're, we're sort of running down on time now. It's like, oh, my gosh, the time soon goes. It soon goes. So, you know, obviously, anybody wanting to get in touch with you for sponsorship for this or talks for you to deliver talks to motivate children, the next generation, midlife women, ex. How do they get in touch with you, Nikki? All right. So I'm all over the socials as well, Sarah. Um, so uh, my website is nikkilove.co.uk and socials are Nikki Love Runs. And, yeah, you can find me pretty much everywhere and anywhere in LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Oh, my gosh, I'm on TikTok as well. So. Oh, are you? My son's <laughs> told me not to go on TikTok. Mum, don't go on TikTok. It's toxic, he said. <laughs> yeah, really, really all the very best with all the training. I say, if anybody wants to get in touch with Nikki, and it's two Ks and an I, N-I-K-K-I, do get in touch with her. And obviously, if you want to get in touch with me directly, I'm sarahjnaylor.com. Thank you, as always, for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do rate and review, follow, subscribe, share, do all the things that you want to do. Let's spread the word. And if you're in Australia, share, 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 share. And if you haven't finished sharing, share again <laughs> and get Nikki some sponsorship. <laughs> and until next time, thank you so much for listening. Um, over and out till next time. Lots of love from me. Take care. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J. Naylor. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com.